So this morning, we have the great privilege of doing our third installment on the five levels of the soul. And so far, we've spoken about nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Now, collectively, nefesh, ruach, and neshama are known by their acronym, NARAN. And what these three levels of the soul comprise is normative human consciousness. In other words, they constitute the conscious levels that we primarily operate on as humans. Mapped in, onto the Kabbalistic model of the Ten Sefirot that we've spoken about here before. Remember, the Ten Sefirot are the channels through which divine energy flows into creation. So if we map them out onto the Ten Sefirot, just for your interest, because I know some of you like this, Nefesh is connected with Malchut. which is otherwise known as kingship or power. Ruach is associated with Tiferet, which is the balance of Chesed and Gvura, the third of the emotional Sefirot. And Neshama is linked with Bina, with intellect. Now, it's no, it's no coincidence that within our mundane universe, which is a reflection of the ultimate spiritual realm, <clears throat> our universe is a reflection of the spiritual. Power, malchut, beauty, tiferet, and we'll call brilliance, bina, are the greatest and to some extent the most formidable forces that inspire and impact the world. Living in integrity and harmony with these amazing tools and talents, it gives us the ability, it gives us the opportunity to climb the ladder of inclusive transcendence, where we're able to both incorporate and move beyond our definitions and limitations with the goal of seeking a, a, a greater unity with the creator and with all of creation. By building on a strong foundation of vital energy, we're then able to mobilize and focus our emotional and intellectual capacities in order to live a more spiritual, a more sensitive, and a more transcendent life. Now, in a world, what can I say? 
have a lot to say, but I'm not going to say it. But in a world we'll call gone astray. I'm being nice. In a world gone astray, a world that is disconnected, that is alienated from its source, power, malchut, translates as brute force. Beauty, tiferet, the, the, the side that would be in a world gone astray, beauty becomes the source of blind devotion. And intelligence is revered no matter where it leads. So we have to say clearly, power is not synonymous with force. Genuine power is a derivative of whole system existential integrity, which means when one is in total alignment with their own gifts, when we are in total alignment with our unique purpose, as well as with the supreme power of the universe, then and only then is there true power. Being powerful means that we are strong enough to allow another person to exist and express themselves. If we can't allow another person, and I'll add, another person that we disagree with to exist and express themselves, then we have no power. Force, on the other hand, is ultimately an expression of a state of powerlessness. Force is an indication of lack, of need. A powerless individual feels the need to control others through force. Life for the powerless is a continuous quest to dominate others. Similarly, unrectified beauty emerges when aesthetics become the object of devotion in and of themselves, rather than a means of serving a greater purpose, or let's say evoking admiration, or even a sense of awe. And then intellect or rationality, when it's not situated within its proper spiritual and ethical context becomes a truth unto itself, inviting to follow its reasoning all the way to its logical conclusion, no matter what that conclusion may be, whether that conclusion is true, whether that conclusion is false, 
And no matter where that conclusion will lead you or lead the person, that's what happens when intellect is gone unchecked, unethical, unspiritual. So I wanted to add that component, the sefirot component to nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is malchut, ruach is teferet, and neshama is bina. As you notice, probably just in my little monologue there, that's a little, it's a deeper level. I'm trying to take this class because this is the opportunity for us to do a deeper dive. I'm trying to take our group a little bit deeper and understanding a little bit more of the intricacies of how different elements beyond the concepts of Kabbalah, but how different elements of Kabbalah kind of feed into each other and uh, the synergy of, of those ideas. Questions? Cheryl, please. When you were talking, <clears throat> excuse me, about power being different than force, I couldn't help but my mind just goes there because our U.S. news is inundated with Mr. T-R-U-M-P. Yeah. I can't even say his word, his name, but that's exactly it. He really right. isn't powerful. He wants to be forceful through the use of his money, through the use of his, what he thinks is power, but like fake power, but he's fading now because he doesn't have the intellect. But, but exactly. So using using that as a metaphor, I'm, I'm not getting into politics, but just using it as a metaphor, you can see the difference between power and force, and you can see the difference between beauty and intellect when it's used unchecked. Correct. And so, you, and, and so many people in leadership positions, and we can list off, unfortunately, in our world, many, many names of people in leadership positions who don't really understand that that what what is power and what and and how and how to use that particular power because there's a, a right way and a wrong way, and a wrong way leads you astray, and a right way leads you integrated. It, it allows you to be integrated and to be one with those who you are attempting to lead if that's your goal. Now, if your goal is not to lead, I don't know what to do. I can't help you. Any other questions? I was thinking about, you know, the, the power versus forces as well. Um, and I, I bring up Renee Brown a lot because I'm a big fan, but she does this thing of, you know, power over versus power with. And yeah. so much of our society is in that power over. But I loved how you, you uh, brought it to the Sephirot because of, you know, we can interpret things however we want to interpret things. And to saying, you know, a, a society or a place gone astray, it's going to interpret Malchut in this way or Tiferet in this way. So I appreciate that but to, for me to keep it in mind what the real truth is behind the, the Sephira. so i don't really have a question i was just uh well that's great struck by that i i think the the real beauty is you know the balance of it all like if things are aligned then we're we're able to leave and and let live Whereas when we're mess and, and we're not aligned, 
that's when we become the force instead of power. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. Sorry, the way I see it is power can go both ways between multiple people where force will be generally directed in one way and it only traverses in one direction. And as a manager, you know, it's very similar to leaders. I understand both concepts, but force is you must do it this way, whereas power with both people aligned in collaboration especially where both people are empowered, both people get to make a decision. But it may be different in this sense, but that's the way I see it. There's there's so many different metaphors that can be used as far as managerial metaphors and leadership metaphors um, and, and ways of leadership. I mean, there's we can build an entire leadership philosophy just based on this idea which is, I think, really amazing. And when do you write the book? I'll add it to my list of, of books to write. But well, I think... You haven't had uh, received the copy yet of the COVID one. Yeah. But this book, uh, I'm happy to, to feed you whatever you need for you to write it. Me? If, if, that's, if that's your... Uh, if that's your so wish, I will help research and uh, feed you whatever you need to be able to write a new leadership model. I'm happy to do it in collaboration with my peers here. <laughs> Where it, 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 it's an amazing, if you just to kind of focus on that for a moment, it's an amazing model because what you're doing, it's, it's, it's a leaderless model. Because being a true leader, what you're doing is you're replacing power with purpose, which means it's, let's, let's pretend that God is the CEO or a higher power is the CEO. So then the power is in our hands. The power is in our hands because our CEO gave us the power in our hands. But what do we do with that power? And how do we do it? And how do we look at each other? Because we're all equals. And what's amazing about it is we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day, we all have maybe unique talents and unique purposes. But in order to be able to, to live in this world and just thinking about this idea of what true power is, what, what do we have? What is, if you think about, let's say, this in a, in a model for a company, imagine that we were all having the same purpose here in this company. And our job was together to get the job done. Each of us using our own unique talents, our own unique abilities. But we have a collective goal. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're, we all have a collective goal together. Think of us like a starfish. We're all at the ends of the different parts of a starfish, but the collective goal is in the middle. And all of us kind of have to feed into that collective. 
and and we all get to share the results of the collective. Just a thought. I'll leave that with you. You haven't mentioned anything about the word compromise, because I would think somebody who's in a leadership role, whether it be business, political, or whatever, they need to know how to compromise, give a little, take a little, so that it's not force, right? I, I, I think of compromise the same way I think of tolerance. Really? Tolerance, you know, you know what tolerance is to me? I hate you, but I'll tolerate you. What about another word like um, unity? We're all really one. I don't, I don't need to compromise because I may have an idea, but I'm not the only one here in this relationship. You know, I'll give you an example. One of the things that you know I dislike is people that will that will talk and it's a monologue. It's not this is a conversation. We're all in this together. Yes, maybe I was the one who maybe I know a little more because I've spent a little more time on this than you have. But soon you'll know what I know. And my goal here is that you will know not only what I know, but you'll know more than I know because you'll be able to, to use your own talents and abilities to be able to understand. And you'll have better metaphors for this than I have. But we're in this together. Even in this, even in this group right here, we're in this together. And so if I were to say, Cheryl, you're wrong. That was terrible. What ends up happening is it's going to it's going to dampen your voice and you're not going to want to speak up because it's not a conversation and so often we speak at people we need to be able to speak with and that's the, the nature of power yes it's true that i was the one who let everybody into the room this morning but that's not power that's responsibility And I think it's a big difference. Sorry, Alessandra. <laughs> Actually, I was joining because if, if the starting point is that our power is to let people exist, then there's no need for tolerance or compromise. Exactly. There is, right? Because you are who you are. You are free to express yourself as you are. And it has nothing to do with me at the end of the day. And you have a unique purpose that no one else has. You have something so, unique to, that you can give to the world. And I need your purpose. Everybody needs their purpose. Right. And, and, and if I dampen, let's say me, I'm just using this metaphor being in the position. If I dampen that voice of yours and I don't amplify that voice of yours, then what ends up happening is then I'm not helping you achieve the purpose. You see, the reason why our destinies aligned. It was all our choice to be here right now. Each one of us had complete free choice to be here. But there's a reason why our destinies aligned at this moment in this place. And that is because we all have a unique purpose and we can help amplify each other's purposes. That's what we call destiny. 
So because we can help amplify each other's purposes, we need to help that. If we're going to dampen that, if we're going to take away from that, then we defeated the entire purpose for which God wanted us all to meet. The Rebbe would always say that when two people meet, it should benefit a third. We have that ability by our shared experiences. One of the reasons why, for those of you who know, the Rebbe would stand hours and hours meeting people, and each time he met them, he would hand them a dollar to give to charity. Because the Rebbe didn't only believe that, the Rebbe did that. If the two of us are meeting, here's a dollar from me to you, so you can give it to a third. So our meeting automatically, just by the fact that we met, will benefit a third. Rabbi, I'm no Rebbe, okay? I start with that. <laughs> but I, I was now in Cameroon, and they set up meetings for me for to do consultations on Saturday. And so I told them, listen, I can't work on Saturday. It, I, I don't work on Saturday, but you know, I'm here for a limited amount of time. So what we're going to do is that I'm going to work, but I'm not going to earn from it. So everything you have charged for people to meet me on this day, you will give to charity. And seems a bit like the application of this. And what was the response? They, they were actually positively impressed. Uh, and, and the response was positive. They said, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't know. So yeah, the day I don't work since I'm Jewish is Saturday and, and money that I earn on, on Saturday has no blessing. So I, I don't want to earn it. I'll, I'll be happy to work for it, but it's not mine. I'm just a messenger. So since this is money that comes from people of Cameroon, please reinvest it, give it to charity, you know, for, for a girl's school, buy some books, give it for education for children. Wow, amazing. And it's very well perceived. See, there, there's an example. Imagine if every single time two people met, it would benefit a third. And that's a, it's a, it's a great goal and a great desire i want to my apologies i, I remembered uh, uh you know sharing with you the charity do we give our time etc but people then don't understand so i said you know what you will charge them for it right and but it's not for me it goes to charity because i remember you saying giving the time for free it, it could be equally deserving but not the same as actually giving to charity and 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 i think that it also it's also an amazing thing because people are are paying you for, for your for your professional services and it gives you the ability to have you can say that we are uplifting our conversation here we're uplifting our meeting here because someone else will benefit from it as well so i think it's really it's really an amazing metaphor i mean it's an amazing thing that you did but also an amazing metaphor for what we're talking about I want to get into the second half of today's class, and that is starting the process of understanding 
the next two levels of the soul. Now, I'm going to say I'm starting the process because no way are we going to even dream of finishing it today, but I want to start the process. These are going to be the two levels that are going to be most difficult for us because they're most removed from us. So beyond Nefesh, beyond Ruach, beyond Neshama, the first three levels of the soul. Remember, those three levels comprise normative consciousness. There's a deeper. Beyond this, there's a deeper, there's a higher, there's a more expansive state of the soul that, for the most part, envelop and encircle the human being. These are the aspects of the soul that transcend the individual personality of who we are. So while the first three levels are much more connected to us, these are more aloof, they're more transcendent. I'm going to introduce some new ideas today. So I hope that you can follow this. I'm going to say this is not Kabbalah 101 anymore. The moment we get into these next two levels, we're we're going to, and this whole class already has that feeling of you have to have a little bit of of pre-knowledge to really truly appreciate. I'm not saying you can't listen to it, but to really truly appreciate it. The first outer level is called Makif Hakarov. Makif Hakarov. Makif is M-A-K-I-F. Makif. Hakarov is H-A-K-A-R-O-V, which means the immediate surrounding. Some people would say it's the aura. The immediate surrounding. It's also referred to as the fourth level of the soul, which is called Chaya. The fourth level of the soul is Chaya. There's a deeper level, there's a fifth level, which is called Makif Harachok. Makif, again, M-A-K-I-F. Harachok is H-A-R-A. C-H-O-K. Makif harachok means a distant, far removed surrounding. We also call this the fifth level of the soul, Yechida. So Makif HaKarov is the fourth level of the soul, Chaya, and Makif HaRachok is the fifth level of the soul called Yechida. Yechida is Y-E-C-H-I-D-A. Now, these levels are not limited. They're not defined. They're not bound by the doings and non-doings of the body. Although these two makifim, makifim are is plural for makif, although these two surroundings 
exist within us and access to them is always available because they are higher arcing dimensions of the soul. It's still our soul. They are not, for most people, the normal wavelengths of everyday consciousness. We need to work to bring them into our consciousness. So nefesh, ruach, and neshama, they unfold and they reveal themselves in a linear progression, meaning that the older and more mature we become, the higher the level of the soul we're able to express. That is for the first three levels of the soul. So while a a toddler cannot express the neshama, a child, a lot of ruach, but there's a little tiny bit of neshama there. Like I told you before, one of the things that we do at the bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah, why we have this celebration at 12 and 13 is we are saying that your nefesh, ruach, and neshama are complete. You now have free choice. So the, And the older we are, obviously, if we're older than bar bat mitzvah, the neshama, the intellect, is more developed. The more developed the intellect, the more we have the ability to reveal this linear progression of nefesh, ruach, and neshama. There is an, an ascending hierarchy to these three levels that does not allow the attainment of one level before let's say perfection, I know perfection or or maturity of the previous one has been achieved. But still, since life as a whole, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's spiritual, does not always follow a straight line, occasionally we can leap, we can skip ahead, we can expand states of the soul, and only to go back to the earlier ones at a later time with a a deeper appreciation or a deeper maturation. At peak moments, a person may exist fully integrated with the truth of Yechida. Only right afterwards, a second later, to plunge back into the realm of Nefesh. Or in order to continue their path of gradual development going back to Nefesh. But again, the, the general trajectory of life is that first Nefesh unfolds, then Ruach, then Neshama, and so on and so on. But I'm sure we all have had Yechida moments, especially as adults. But we have to know that those Yechida moments, they don't happen by themselves. It's because of our development. It's because we are focused. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir here because we're a room of people who work on themselves and who are more spiritually developed. So it's obvious to you but it's, it's not obvious to everyone. I want to just finish this idea and then we're going to go to, we'll, we'll go to questions. Makif HaKarov, 
Chaya. What is this level? Otherwise known as the immediate surrounding. Chaya is literally translated as life. As the Chaya is the life. It's the energy of the human being as a whole. It's not to be confused with nefesh, which is also described as a sort of life energy. The life energy on the level of nefesh is confined to the vital animating energy of the body. Chaya, Chaya is the same kind of vital energy, but within the entire being. It's not just in the body, in the entire being, both body and soul and all of its faculties. This is expressed as the attribute of Ratzon, will. Another wonderful idea within Kabbalah, will, Ratzon, R-A-T-Z or T-Z-O-N. Will is acknowledged as one of the most formable forces of the universe. Will is the propelling drive, the power that transforms potential into actual, that transforms dreams into reality. It transforms potential into actual. The will, the ratzon, it's a reflection of the metaphysical truth. Many secular uh, Western thinkers have speculated that will is the prevailing and predominant force of the universe, not only with the microcosmic image of mankind, but the entire cosmos. And so within our being, we have a microcosm of the entire cosmos. We have the same will, the same force that exists in the entire universe exists on a microcosmic level within you and I. In the domain of will, there are many forms. There are many expressions ranging from will emanating from the ego. There are people who have desires that are completely egotistical. Not desires, sorry. Desire is the wrong word. We've talked about desire. Scratch that. Will. Will that is egotistical. People are the force that animates the force that 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 propels them is egotistical there's also the opposite of that which is a, a, a will that is completely transcendent so let's use this let's try to find an example um the will to go by the latest gadget or the newest car 
or blue suede shoes. It's a relatively superficial expression of will. A deeper, a more profound manifestation of the will would be the innate drive to live and to self-preserve. This inner will for life itself is manifest in the will to eat, in the will to sleep, in the will to procreate, or just to hang out, just to hang on to life at any cost, even when we're no longer conscious. More powerful still is the will to be at one with our deepest self. That's expressed as a, a natural longing to be free, to be unhinged from all humanly defined contradictions, to, to not be, to not have the will that's defined by mood or by the, the, the whim and wind of emotion or what's going on on the news or in our world that our personal will not be defined by that. The innermost will and volition of the human being is to be in sync with the deepest, the deepest will of creation, the will of the creator. And the creator's will is the underlying foundation of all reality in all worlds. To be aligned with this will is to be in complete harmony, to be synchronized with the deepest truth and purpose of all creation. I'll give you another example that may resonate with some of you. Intuition is another expression of this. So where nishama is the cognitive and logical-based aspect of the intellect, chaya is the more subtle, it's the more sensitive. Chaya is the intuitive aspect of consciousness, which is somewhat closer to the essence of our being. Now, there's a big difference between gut and intuition, which we can talk about at a different time. But tapping into this fourth level of the soul, tapping into the chaya, allows us to be more intuitive. It allows us to, it allows the intuition to kind of come forward and guide us a little more, which for some people is a very important part of their life and an important part in a way that they kind of navigate this world. Thoughts, questions.
isn't uh, Chaya, since Chaya allows us to connect mm -hmm. to unity, to, to, to the unlimited, isn't what it, it also helps us connect to another person? Um, to, to, to all of that other person? It helps us connect to God. Um, so yes, we would connect to another person, but we're connecting to a deeper state of, of that person, not a, a superficial state. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of mentioned earlier about Makif um, Yashida, about sort of being like astral travel where your soul can reach out, ascend, or even reaching to other souls and be there to help them. Um, I feel myself sometimes, I've mentioned before, I'm actually a, I guess, a fixer-upper, as I've been told I am. Uh, is is that a similarity? Because I understand the um, the other one about Makiv Hakaru, which is the aura piece, because I can actually see the auras of people. Right which is hard to explain. So I just want to understand if that's a similar concept. Let's say this is, uh, this is, this is level two of this idea. You're talking about level six or seven. So yes, but we'd have, okay. to, we'd have to give a lot of explanation right. in between now and that. Yeah. I, but we'll, I, we'll get there. We'll I've there. been studying, sorry, Rabbi, I've yeah. been studying it for, for quite some time. I've always used what I was, before I understood the Kabbalah through you, uh, the Sephirot and the way it was organized was called the Tree of Life and there's different pathways and part of that way to go on those pathways to different Sephirot is to use the Makif Yikarida. Right. So is that level eight or whatever? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's... Again, I'm just what I'm trying to do is give you like a process to kind of slowly be able to integrate some of these ideas and be able to 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 use them. But yes, there there is a way to do it, though. And and I and I'm not trying to to um to discourage you, and contrary to encourage you, but it really takes a really deep and and profound understanding of these ideas. And I say not a feeling of these ideas, but an understanding of these ideas. It's a big difference using the intellect and not the emotion. Yeah, thank you very much. And this is why I appreciate these classes because you'll help me get elevated even further through this, these lessons. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anything else? Do um, Chaya or Yahida have a connection to the Sephira, to any of the? Yeah, well, yeah. So we, so, we, so we said. Did we miss that? Oh, oh, oh yes. That? Oh, I didn't. I didn't tell you that yet. I, I, I will tell you that. Yes. Okay. yes. We're we're, we're going to get there. I want to do okay. it. I want to do it in a linear fashion. Yes, of course. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I have a question about something Paris said about the auras, and I've heard of that, and I know people have colors around them that others can see i think of that in terms of psychics i mm -hmm. think in terms of do those people have more advanced oh i don't even know what the word is more advanced powers more advanced how do they see that 
And I, I can't see that. I have a, don't worry, you're still okay, whether or not you can see it. I have a, I don't want to not answer it, but I'm, I'm going to give you a non-answer answer. And that is, the Kabbalah says, every single thing has a counterpart, which means there are, there is a, there are two sides to every coin. And such an important part of there being two sides to every coin is sometimes it looks like something, but it's not that. Or sometimes it can look like the same thing, but one is evil and one is good. So for those people who are into that and who could see that, they, my, my word of caution is there are two ways of seeing everything. And so it may look, there are different paths to the same result, but we in this world are not about the results. We're about the path. Because path, path is purpose. And I think that's a, a very important part of that. I, I, I see. That. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, but I'm thinking in terms of making um, first judgments about meeting people and then you get to know them and they're not at all who you think they were based on that first impression. And to your point with your matchmaking thing, you always say at least give it another date, right? Because the or, first or, or another date after that. Or, or another, another date, date after, after that. that. How terrible. I don't want anyone to judge me on first impression. My first impression is I'm having a bad beard day. I don't want anyone to judge <laughs> me on that. You know, we're, we're, we all have, you know, and, and we shouldn't be judging anything from anyone ever. Right. I know, that's your number one. I know that's your number one thing. I'm just talking about when you meet somebody and if you know, if you want to be friends with them and sometimes you just pass them off because intuitively, maybe the highest speaking, they just don't fit or mesh with your values or your personality. This is, this is what I say to a lot of young women, and I'm generalizing, but I say this so often, so it's not so generalizing anymore. Be, I say, um, what do I say? Sorry, I just lost my track of thoughts. <laughs> what do I say? Ah, I'll, I'll, I'll get it back. Does it have to do with meeting somebody again or not meshing or personality? That's what I was talking about. I know that's what you were talking about. Um, okay. I guess I'm not young, so yeah. that's why you forgot it. Okay. <laughs> It'll come back to me, I'm sure. So let's, uh, we're, we're already, uh, so I, I, it's unbelievable that we are uh, so, it's already uh, it's almost over. So I'd love to hear your nug. I know tonight, today was a very, very deep class. I'm wanting to take our group further. So I'm hoping that you can follow me on this journey and the value that we have of this being a deep dive is um, the fact that we can go a little deeper. So I hope that you're following. And, and if some things aren't clear, um, let me know and I will clarify. Um, not Maybe not today, but I will hope, I hope to clarify. So I'd love to 
here. What are, what's the nugget? What are you taking out of all this today? Um, Cheryl, since you've been so uh, so active today, let's start with you and you can pass it on. This is a big oi day for me. Because um, I wrote a lot and you gave us a lot. And I couldn't write as fast as you were saying, so I'm hoping I'll remember it. But the thing that I starred the most is amplifying each other's purpose is destiny. So our purpose and your purpose and meeting together, I guess, is that I wanted a little more clarification on that. But then right after that is when you talked about for every two people that meet, there's a third that benefits or should benefit. So it's kind of in the same thing. I wanted a little more definition on that, but that was what stood out to me the most. Parrish, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so a couple okay. of things. Thank you. Cheryl, um, a couple of things that I found really great were we're all here as a collective working together. Uh, we're all called as a group for some purpose to help each other and others. And the other thing is the relationship to the levels of the soul to the Sephirot, which I find really um, amazing because I've always believed in that. I just didn't understand the actual terms behind it and how it works. So I find that uh, extraordinary that it was raised uh, this evening or this morning for me. So thank you very much. Um, I'll pass it over to Julian. You there, Julian? I think he doesn't have a sound. Uh, okay. Pass it to someone else. All right. Um, I will pass it to Alessandra. If I said that right, sorry if I said it wrong. Uh, Sandra? Thank you, Parrish. Yes, Alessandra. Um, I think I joined my, uh, my friends here in saying that if, if we are balanced, when we find our inner balance, then we can join the world and enable others to be who they're supposed to be as well. And, um, and I've posted something that I read on Facebook today on the group, on the Thinking Good group about how a nurturing woman helps, empowers a man and how an empowered man finds the nurturing inside himself. And by nurturing the woman, empowers her to become empowered and and I find from my perspective that it connects very well to today's class and how while we're individual we're really part of the whole and our role is to enable the whole to unite if I make any sense. So I'm going to pass it on to Jill. Thanks, Alessandra. Um, struck me when you 
Geta um, Chaya, and you said it's the entire energy of the human, and then compared it to Nefesh, which is the physical of the human, but it stops, kind of stops at our skin. And so it's just has me being reminded of what being human means, that it doesn't just stop at our skin. So I liked that kind of juxtaposition. So, Chava, are you with us today? You've been quiet. I, I am with you. Thank you, Jill. This, Rabbi, this class is, I appreciate this direction that you are taking us in so much. And the only way I could describe my takeaway today is there's a point in Kabbalah mindfulness where you speak of two friends noodling over something like, like some sort of equation or uh, some solution they need to come up with. And there's a moment when one friend says, I've got it. And then the other friend says, well, tell me what it is. And the, and the person who said, I've got it, can't quite say it yet. They say, give me a second and I'm going to let you know exactly what it is. And that's the realm that I'm in right now. And it's a really happy place for me. Um, so thank you so much for this direction that we're going. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Afami. Uh, okay. Okay. Good morning, everyone. So I, I will take a different view here. Uh, so uh, I hope actually, uh, so beautiful class, uh, but uh, so I have the same opinion as uh, Rabbi Sachs and Rabbi uh, Haim Sitruk, like uh, from, so true power, it's not just like to have a different opinion. No, 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 no. True power resides if you care for the weak people. This is where true power resides. So a great nation is not a great nation because it have like military or something. No, no, no. It, it is great because it cares for the poor. For, for So, and why it is that? Because like God, everything comes from God, everything. And we have two options here. We have either, as you said, Rabbi, to be in symbiosis with him and act according to his will. That's mean become his conduit to this earth and uplift the world through the Mizvot. If we do that, we win. If we don't do that, we are not going anywhere. And, 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 and we can, and, and, and so how many people try to kill the Jewish nation? How many, like how many, like, like the Persian, the Roman, and they almost fail. Is it because like the like we like we have a big army or we have like uh, no? So me when I go and to every city like to Paris to New York and I see Jewish hospitals there, no nation do that. This is where the power resides. Is 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 is, is to care for the poor. Is 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 to be is to act as you said, Rabbi, is to act as in symbiosis with God's will. That's where true power resides. 
any nation who build hospitals like like I, I go to Paris, Octave Juif. I go to Montreal, Octave Juif. I go to New York, Sinai. I go to Toronto, same thing. That's where the true power is. That's my opinion. Uh, so I, I, uh, I will pass. I think we. I'm the last one here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. This has been really, really great, and I'm happy that you appreciate this direction that we're going, all of you. And I, I also, I, I'm also happy that I'm happy to hear kind of what emerges from because we're. I mean, this is just kind of the beginning of this new process because to really get into Chaya and Yechida, we we have to. Um, I, I think we have we have to go we have to go down this route. It's a hard it's a hard route to to go down, but we have to. We have to really. You know, and it's going to bring up different things. It's going to bring up difficult questions. And uh, in order to be able to go further, we have to be able to kind of uh, answer some of our preconceived ideas and hopefully be able to, to, to move forward from there. Yeah, Cheryl, please. So you had mentioned earlier about us having Yechida moments. Mm-hmm. Are those like small miracles or... Aha moment. I want to say, how do we know that we have them or if we have them? And I think they're fleeting. I think that's what you said. They're fleeting. So I had those kind of moments and I want to know, is that what that is? And you said when a Barabat mitzvah says that now you're finished with your nefesh or your first three levels. So they can't have those moments before their bar about mitzvah? I mean, mm-hmm. I was just a little, I know that's a very literal question. How about that this? That's a perfect cliffhanger for next week because next week yeah. we're going to get into Yechida. So I think you'll have a much better understanding of this, at least at least in this first, like how we explained Chaya today, we're going to explain Yechida next week. So I think this is a perfect cliffhanger for next week. Okay. <laughs> I'll wait till next week. Oh, next week you're doing Thursday and Thanksgiving for us, right? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope that's okay. Oh, what a, I can't think of a better way to spend Thanksgiving, honestly. Me neither. Me neither. Okay, perfect. Then, then, then it's a good deal. So uh, with that, I, with those of you who are, have to sign off, I wish you a great day and a great week. And uh, those of you who are joining me for Tomwood, we'll start now. Thank you, and thank you. See you all. Bye. Bye.